Imagine it's a week before Christmas. The tree's up and decorated. The gifts are wrapped. You have a Sunday off with your family and you know things have been a little off for the past couple weeks, but you thought it was due to your husband working so hard to make extra money for Christmas and he comes in and decides to have a talk with you, with me, and tells me that he's not happy. He thinks we should take a break and told me that he wanted to leave to move in with another woman. Seven days before Christmas last year, I made the worst mistake of my life and began the darkest time of my life. I walked out on my family of 16 years. I lost myself over those 16 years of marriage. I was Tom's wife, Jordan and Tanner's Nana, Blake and Heather's mom, but I didn't have an identity anymore. We were just at times just existing, uh, sharing a household together. I left her for another woman and I spent uh, quite a bit of time with her. Um, and I, I stayed full of alcohol all the time. I drank to just, just to go away. Um, I would drink until I would just pass out. I was a wreck, I couldn't stop crying. Um, I had all the stuff to prepare for homemade candy and food and none of that happened. <laughs> the days following was I couldn't sleep at night and I cried day and night. I was in such shock. I was suicidal almost on a daily basis. <laughs> when Tom and I were together, he called constantly. My cell phone was always ringing or texting or something. I went through weeks of silence where my phone <laughs> didn't ring. The woman that I was with had got into my emails, got my passwords, she would get in and she would delete any emails or any kind of communication that we had. The whole time I felt isolated uh, from my family here uh, and I was afraid to even ask to come home. That was a fact. The first thing I did was pick up my Bible and started looking for verses to refer to that would help me with the pain because I couldn't understand. I was a part of a small group back in the summer before this happened, and I went a few months and had stopped going. So my small group's led by my best friend, Tracy. And of course, they asked me to come back, and I did. And that was a huge blessing just on its own, and it's the most awesome bunch of women that you can just imagine. So I had new family. At one point, I decided that it was enough, and I left that situation. I worked for an ambulance service in Lenore City. I actually moved into the station and lived in the station for a little, little bit of time. Uh, they allowed me to stay there, so I would be able to get up, get up on my feet. Through um, Faith Promise again, there's, there's two ladies there. One of them's daughter had found a job at CARM. And um, my friend suggested that I apply at CARM. So I did, and this is like maybe three weeks after it all happened. I'm still a mess. 
So I get the interview and I go in and I've got these two awesome women sitting in front of me and I just kind of kicked back and said, okay, I'm gonna be honest. My husband just walked out on me. I haven't worked in almost 13 years. I'm raising two grandkids and I really need a job. I was was completely alone uh, when I was at the station. I didn't, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to pull myself out of the hole. I was at rock bottom at that point. These people in my life taught me how to live minute to minute, not day by day, but minute to minute. I was in so much pain working this job in the public and and having to smile and and be friendly and and carrying this overwhelming ache and pain. But I learned how to have faith. I learned what faith was. So faith and this new relationship that I formed with Christ was my daily guide. During that time is when I started trying to make things right and started trying to communicate. There was so much communication that I had missed and was isolated from, but I knew that I had had hit the lowest point in my life and it made the biggest mistake of my life. You know, Jesus said to bear each other's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. At Faith Promise, that what you've just watched is one of tens of thousands of stories across our nine campuses of people's lives that have hit a wall, that have, that have crashed and burned, people that, that things happened to that never dreamed, never wanted, never, never thought they'd be there, and yet here they are. And what God has called you and I into as followers of Christ He has called us into the heartache. He has called us to engage right where people are, right where people are hurting, right where people have the greatest of needs. Jesus left heaven, came, born of a virgin, lived here 33 and a half years, and Jesus dove right into the middle and the midst of the mess, didn't he? Dealing with the problems and issues and struggles, the woman caught with the adultery, the, the, you know, the, the tax collectors, people that's in every walk of life facing every problem that you can face. And God has called you and I to deal with real problems, to deal with integrity, with an authenticity right where people are. Last weekend, we, we challenged all of promisers that, that we are to be authentic, that we are to be people of faith, which means that we are giving, that we are growing, that we are going for God, and that we are fruitful. And in that, in these three weeks of Heart for the Harvest, we've unveiled our new mission statement, which is this, at Faith Promise, we exist to help people, help real people with real problems find real love. Now, if you grew up in church, you understand that you didn't see a lot of real people. Amen? And being a student pastor for years and years, I don't know how many students would come to me and say, 
That couple that are over there, my parents, I don't know who they are because they don't act like that at home. And, and can I tell you, that actually messed a couple generations of churchgoers up in America because people do what people see and they thought that's how we're supposed to act. We live one way outside and we come to the house of God and we act in an entirely different way. Real people with real problems. All God's children got problems, amen? But in the midst of those real problems, people can experience the real, tangible love of God that ministers to right at the hurt, right at the need. And what God wants to do is use every one of us to be his hands and his feet, to be those people that bend down and wash feet, to be those people who step into the mess and the melee, who walk in while everybody else is running out. As you heard Linda, she said, as my life fell apart, I don't know what I would do if it would not have been for my small group. See, that's why we connect in small groups, so that we will be there when the train comes off the track. And all of us, the train, will come off the track, won't it? Matter of fact, have, has your train ever come off the track? It's been off the track. Somebody help you get it back on. And it's probably going to be off the track before it's over again. Is that right? Because things happen that, that we don't expect. And so in the midst of the mess, Jesus gives us one of my favorite teachings in John chapter 15. I love this. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You know, when I first got saved, I used to hear this all the time, God only calls us to be faithful. Well, he does call us to be faithful so that we can be fruitful. Amen? God expects an ROI. If you're a business person, you understand our return on investment. He, he, gave, us his, he gave us life. He expects that, that we're going to give something back. And it's going to be fruit. He said every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, disciples it, fertilizes it, moves it, trims it, so that it may do what? Bear more what? Everything in your life God is doing one of the big things that God is doing or the reason he's doing it for is so that you will bear more fruit. Amen? And it's, I mean, if you plant something that bears fruit, do you want it to give one piece of fruit or a lot of fruit? A lot of fruit. That's what God wants. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me. You'll see this word a dozen times in this passage of scripture. Abide in me, to connect in me, to be in me, and I in you. To be, you know, branches, branches grow around things and they grow in things. That's why you've got a, you know, if you've got a vine and branches, it's got a stick and, and it, it begins to twirl around. So what, what are you wrapped around? Because listen, if you'll wrap around Jesus, life will be better. Would y'all agree with that? Because we're all going to have problems. The problem is that, you know, we go home and we close the garage door and we act like we're going to fix our problems on our own. I need Jesus to help with my problems. Anybody with me? Man, I need his, his favor and his help. <laughs> Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, you, you just, you hold on the branch, it can't do anything, but you connect the branch to the vine, which is Jesus, and that branch will begin to produce much fruit unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, and you are the branches. He, and so you've got that one vine that's coming up, and, and, and we reach out in every direction for him. It's what we do. I love the picture of the vine and the branches. He that abides in me, and I am him, he bears some fruit. A little fruit. Much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If he does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. They, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. See, we wonder sometimes why our prayers aren't answered. If you are abiding in him, his life is flowing through you. You're going to be delighting yourself in the, in the law of the Lord, and he is going to give you the desires of your heart. Does that make sense? He loves to give to his children. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. For my Father is glorified by this. How is God glorified? That you bear much fruit. The more fruit you bear, the more it glorifies God. We're salt. We're light. We make things brighter. We make things better. We're, we're out there doing the works and the will of God. And the more fruit that we bear in that, what is that fruit that we bear? Well, we bear Galatians 5, 22 and 23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Would your life be better if that fruit was being produced? Come on, a little patience, a little self-control, a little gentleness. We could hang out here for a long time, couldn't we? So that you bear much fruit. Fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is also, it is also, oh, being storytellers, it's also ministering and caring for other people. That's the fruit that God wants. He said, as you bear much fruit, you prove to be my disciples. People know you're following me because you're bearing much fruit. Why? Because you can only bear fruit as his abiding in the vine. Just as the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments, abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy, not your joy, my joy, the joy of God, that that joy will be in you. Do you know that you can have the joy of the Lord regardless of your circumstances? See, we, let, we, we, wanted, we seem to embrace a circumstantial joy. Are you with me? And if everything's good, I'm good. If everything's not good, I'm not good. Listen, all hell can be broken loose. And David said, God will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. 10,000 may fall by your side, but it will not touch you. You can have the joy of the Lord in the midst of a melee mess. Would y'all agree with that? See, I guess what he said. He said, these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Full, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. God wants us to walk in joy because we reflect his love. This is my commandment, that you love one another. Now listen, if we're going to love one another, aren't we going to care for one another? Are we going to be there one for another? And so when all hell breaks loose, when a husband walks out on a wife like you just watched in the video, is somebody going to walk in there and say, hey, we're going to walk with you and be there? Man, love means I'm there. See, love is not a feeling. Love is an action. It's a verb. 
God's love is a verb. Are you with me? It's a choice God made. That, that no, love one another just I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends. If you do, I can amend you. No longer do I call you slave, for a slave does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you what? Jesus said, I've called you my friend. And I want to give you my joy. Woo, I love it. I've called you for all things that, that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Weren't most of us running from God when he found us? <clears throat> you just can't outrun God. And some of you this weekend at all of our campuses, you're in the process right now of running from God. Give it up. <laughs> he didn't have a win problem. You're going to eventually give up. He'll be right there. Quirk, you give up, the better it is. Anybody agree with that? Somebody help me preach this weekend. <clears throat> you didn't choose me, I chose you. There used to be a, when I, years ago, there was bumper stickers. I found it. Y'all remember those? It found me. Are you with me? He found me. It wasn't no it. It wasn't an it. No it. That's a double negative. Sorry. It's good preaching, bad grammar. And he said, I've appointed you that you would go and do what? Bear fruit. I have called you, I've anointed you, I've appointed you, I've given you what you need to go and bear fruit. And that your fruit would what? Remain. That your fruit would remain. What is, what, what is he talking about? The people you win would stick with it. The people you care for would come to him. That our fruit would remain in him. So that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And this I command you that you love who? You love one another over and over and over and over. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. And so what this love, this fruit, this commandment, this appointment from God is that you and I would engage in the real problems that are all around us. Are there problems all around us? Division, death, divorce, racism, Violence, poverty, injustice, drugs, alcohol, hunger, hatred, on and on and on and on and on. Would y'all agree with that? They're not just all around the world, but they're right here with us. There are, there are people today that are struggling. You could hear in Linda's voice the pain and the agony that she went through, not knowing how, what next step to take, not knowing which way to go. Her world had just caved in. There she was raising her two grandsons. And the person she committed to live forever with was gone. In this world, we're going to have problems. Do y'all agree with that? Sometimes we bring them on ourselves. Sometimes we don't have any part. They just come because we live in a cursed, fallen world. But I think in doing, working on these notes and thinking about our new mission statement and all the you know, real people and real problems, why don't churches and believers engage more in, in problems? And I think that the Lord revealed to me why. And it is this. Engaging in real problems has a very high cost associated with it. 
For many of us, the price of the problems are just too high. We're simply not willing to pay the price of whatever, whatever it is. And that's not just money. Money's a part of it, but it's more than money. It's time, isn't it? It's tears. It's trouble. It's, it's, it's just getting in the mess. I love that God left heaven, became a man, and got in here all amongst it. Got in here with it. With it. John 3.16 says this, for God so what? For God so loved. Again, it's actions. Greek word agape. It's a choice that God made. See, for God, I don't, it's, it's not as much it's an emotion as it is a volitional, willful act to choose to love. To choose to love people that won't love you back. To choose to care about people that are not going to care about you back. You know, if you're reading in our, in our Bible reading plan, we're nearing the end of Jeremiah, and how many times did God want to rescue and love Israel? And they just said no. And things haven't changed much, have they? With the people of God. I'm talking about us. He chose to love us. For God so loved the world that he what? See, loving equals giving. If you're going to love like God loved, then you're going to give like God gave. And it, you're going to give your money. It's, it's part of it. You're going to give your time. That's part of it. And some of us would rather give our money than our time. We don't want to go to Starbucks and sit down with someone and drink a cup of coffee and hear someone tell us that their lives have just fallen apart, that their kid is a prodigal, that they've just gotten fired. Got an email from a very close friend this week said, hey, I just got laid off today, man, pray for me. I know the next step will be great. That's, see, stuff, that's one of our elders here at Faith Promise. Stuff happens to us, gang. And when stuff happens, it's gonna cost money, it's gonna cost time, it's gonna cost tears, it's gonna cost trouble, it's gonna cost heartache. Heart for the harvest. Next weekend, as we bring our offering, there's going to be sacrifice associated with every gift laid on every altar at every one of our campuses. Even at God behind bars, every single one, there will be a sacrifice laid that, that will be tied to that. And it will actually engage a problem that people have. It will, it will minister in multiple ways. See, it costs. And the more that you love, the more that you give of yourself, are you with me? Man, was Jesus stingy with himself? No, he was always out there. Now, there were times where the crowd would suck him dry and he'd say, come on, boys, we gotta, man, we gotta go camping. I, got, I, I need a break. I gotta connect with heaven, man. I need to plug in the power source. I've cast my last demon out for today. Let's go. I've, I, I've, you know, I've done my last miracle. Let's go. And the next morning, he'd be right at it. He hears that his cousin John is dead. He's going by himself to pray, and he's confronted with the multitude, and he was moved with compassion. Love costs you. And that's why many of us say, I'm just not going to love that much. Love costs me too much. I'm not willing to give that. Did God hold anything back from us? No. But see, here's the deal. It's easier not to care. It costs less. It hurts less. It's less intrusive. It's less invasive. Man, not caring, just saying, hey, I'm just going to follow. It's just easier not to get involved. Hey, 
Pastor, I got enough problems of my own. Hey, listen, man, time out. I'm just going to take a chill pill for a while. I'm not going to worry about anybody. I'm just going to worry about me because, man, I got some problems. Is that what Jesus did? No. Is that what the apostles and the prophets did in the Old Testament? No. Is that what the apostles did? No. Ten of them died martyrs' deaths. No. Love costs you. I love Michelle more than anybody on the planet. She costs me <laughs> more than anybody on the planet. And I've determined that I can't give enough to her children either. She gets more. And you know what? I love giving it. I love buying her presents. I love taking her places. I love being with her because the more that you love, the more that you give. Does that make sense? And so next weekend, there'll be sacrificial love. There'll be huge gifts, and there'll be very small gifts. And those very small gifts could easily be more sacrificial than some of the large gifts. Are you with me? I mean, if you write a, a, a million-dollar check and you got $10 million in the bank, you gave 10%. If you write a $100 check and you've got $100, you've given all that you have. Isn't that right? See, love gives. So what we've got to do is, as real people, we engage in real problems. Now, a few minutes ago, you saw a couple on the video screen. I want to, to hear the rest story. Would you guys welcome Tom and Linda as they come to our stage? Come on, welcome Thomas and Linda. Come on out, guys. Have a seat. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Hey, it's... It's tough to walk out here. You guys are a lot rougher than you. I mean, they're not as rough as they look, so <laughs> nobody's going to get you. So we saw, we saw the story. We saw what happened. And depending upon where you are is how you responded to that video. If you're a lady, you probably leaned a whole lot more to Linda. Mad at Thomas. Come on. Come on, I can see it. Don't lie to God. He will strike you dead right here in the house. <laughs> so, but, but let me tell you, we all step in stupid, don't we? So it is not our job to judge anybody, is it? It is our job to love everybody. It's our love to engage. So let me ask you, as we, as we left the video screen, Thomas, you were staying at the, at the center where you work. Where, where are you at today? I'm at home. Come on, somebody, I'm at home today. That's right, I'm at home. Linda, did you forgive him? I forgave him. Was it hard? It was really hard. Tell me about, you were, you were out there all alone. You didn't have anybody. You, I was all alone by myself. But Linda, you were... Surrounded by your small group of Faith Promise, what, tell, me, tell us how they minister to you. I had my small group, and they, they cried with me. They prayed with me. They kept my phone busy. They stopped in my job. They're just, there's, there's nothing they didn't do. Amen. See, that's, by the way, gang, that's a small group. Man, we one another each other. That's what they do. One another each other. And we've all been at a place where we wish somebody would call us. We've all been staring at the ceiling at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking, 
is there anybody I could call? Thank God Linda had a small group of people around her. And just, man, anything else they did for you during, those, during that time, Linda? Uh, they kept my, my walk with Christ growing, kept me from doing crazy things, falling off the deep end. <laughs> my best friend Tracy's my small group leader. She's been my inspiration through the whole thing and helped me draw closer to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wait, come on, somebody. That's right. Now, are you happy? Um, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. Thomas, you happy? Happier than I've ever been. Are the scars? Amen. That's right. Are the, are the scars beginning to heal? Yes. They are. Amen. That's what God does. That's what God does. So do me a favor, guys. If you all just stand up there for me for just a second. Just to make sure we get this. Thomas, would you look in the eyes of your beautiful bride? And would you repeat after me? I, Thomas. I, Thomas. Take thee, Linda. Take thee, Linda. To be my lawfully wedded wife. To be my lawfully wedded wife. Again, again, I promise to love you. I promise to love you. To cherish you. To cherish you. To be with you. To be with you. In good and bad. In good and bad. Richer and poor. Richer and poor. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. I will be with you. I will be with you. The rest of my life. The rest of my life. Linda, would you repeat after me? I, Linda, take thee, Thomas. I, Linda, take thee, Thomas. To be my lawfully wedded husband. To be my lawfully wedded husband. Again. Again. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. I will be with you. I will be with you. For richer, for poor. For richer, for poor. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. Till death do us part. Till death do us part. And there too. And there too. I pledge you my love. I pledge you my love. Father, we pray for these two. They've been through the meat grinder. They've been through pain and trials. Thomas was left all alone. God, thank you that your Holy Spirit didn't leave him, but you drew him, you put him where he needed to be. God, I thank you for their hearts that are open just to share their, their deepest pain with us. And God, I believe in the name of Jesus, their years ahead are gonna be better than their years in the past. I believe the greatest days, the greatest marriage, the greatest miracles, the greatest joy, the greatest oneness, the greatest things that you have ever done, you're gonna do for them. So, Father, we ask you to bless them like only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, give my hand, would you? Love you guys. Thank you. See, that's what God does. And so across all of our campuses, that's, as we show love this weekend, that's what God does. But we've all fallen on hard times, haven't we? And man, I hope you heard Linda talk about her group that was there to pray. Could have been a suicide. There's no telling what could have happened if it wouldn't been for a group of believers who grabbed her and said, we got you. We got you. We got you. Because again, the train, the wheels are going to come off the track and we've got to have people that are going to help put, through, put them back on.
See faith promise? God has called us to engage real people that are having real problems. Are you with me? What most people do is they act like they're not there, they ignore it, they, they, you know, they, they're afraid, I don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything, you just be there. The power of a hug when somebody is at their wit's end, the power of a handshake, the power, I love you and it's gonna get better. I love you and God is still on the throne. I love you and I'm gonna walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you. I know it's horrible today, but God is gonna do something. We don't know what he's gonna do, but the same God that made the skies and the stars is gonna move in your heart and he is gonna move in a great way. That's what God does. Now, just because, the, you know, just because you're at faith promise and just because you love God does not mean that there's a happily ever after like we just saw. Sometimes the husband doesn't come back. Sometimes the wife doesn't come back. Sometimes there's not a healing on this side of heaven. Sometimes God takes people home. Sometimes the, the 12 o'clock check never comes. Sometimes things happen. We don't understand why. We don't know why God does all and how and when and what. We just, we don't get it all. But we know God is good. And we know that, that we're not gonna walk through this, this valley, the shadow of death alone. And so I, it's not that you don't have enough faith. Are you with me? Paul had more faith than any of us and he wasn't healed. So it's, it's not about that. Sometimes we say, I love God and if he heals me, I'm gonna love him and if he doesn't, I'm gonna love him. I love God and my husband comes back, I'm gonna love God. If my husband doesn't come back, I'm gonna love God. I'm gonna love God whether I keep my job or I'm gonna love God whether I get laid off. I'm gonna love God whether I lose my house or keep my house. I'm gonna love God regardless. Amen, come on. See, God wants you and I to engage in real problems. If God didn't want us to engage in real problems, the moment you got saved, he'd beam you up, Scotty. Because everything's better in heaven, isn't it? You don't have to study the Bible. You'll know the Bible. You'll have full knowledge. You'll have a perfect body. There are no diets in heaven in Jesus' name. Come on. There's no CrossFit. There's no gym. There's no sweating. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. So if it wasn't that God didn't want to use you as his hands and his feet, he'd just beam you up when you got saved. But he's left you here in this evil eon, this wicked world, this cursed, benighted world that you and I live in. He has left us here to be his hands and his feet, to engage real people with real problems and show them how to experience real love in the midst of that. God is tapping you on the shoulder and saying, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am. He is talking to you. I want you to get in the game. I want you. I want to use you as my mouthpiece. I want to use you as my hands. I want to use you. This life which I'll not live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I will represent him as his ambassador, and I will engage people, and I will deal with real problems, and I will bring the real love of God to bear at every situation. God opens the door. It is God's will that you be a part of the solution 
and not a part of the problem. Amen? That God use you. And so that's what God's calling us. That's why we, our new mission statement, real people with real problems. And again, it's not that we drive into the driveway after work in the garage and push the button and we close the, the garage door on our problems. We all have problems and we need God to solve them. And we need each other to solve them. Would y'all, would y'all agree with that? And so this world promises a lot. It doesn't deliver jack. It doesn't, man. It promises. Hollywood, man, do they, Wall Street, do they promise? Spray a little Axe body spray. Women will attack you. Doesn't work. I tried. I used a whole can and walked in the bedroom with Michelle. She said, you stink. Get in the shower. Didn't work at all. There's only one woman, Kate. Just want to make sure I clarify that. That's my wonderful, absolute gift from God, wife. So God is the one that actually fulfills his promises. So next weekend, we're going we're gonna to make a sacrificial offering. Why? Because there are real problems out there. Are we ever going to quit, Chris? No, we're not. We're, in 2000, we set a, we set a, a mission to reach 10,000 people by 2020. And people said, Chris, that's crazy. It can't happen. There's no way. It can't be done. Well, man, we're on track. We're on track. We reached 10,000 people this decade. So what are we? We're real people with real problems with the real love of God. But here's the deal. We're going to reach as many people as y'all want to reach. We're gonna, the vision is going to go as fast as y'all want to serve. We will baptize more people with, that we share with. And we will add more campuses. And we'll, listen, the vision will go as fast as you want to fund it. Is that Okay. Real and raw, remember? Real people. It'll, it, it requires money. It's just, it's just part of it. Part of it. And so, if, and so next weekend, we'll bring the most sacrificial gift we've ever brought as a church, and we'll lay it and say, God, we want you to break this. We want, we want a severe campus. We want another God behind bars campus. We're, 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 there are campuses that need to be planted. There are things that need to be done, and God, you're calling us to do it, and we, we want to have the, the funds available to do that. So... Some of you already know what you're going to do. Others, man, you're praying this week about what God would have you do. Just pray. Now, some of you, some of you can't really express and share God's real love because you've never tasted it, because you've never given your heart to Him. If you're ready, if you're ready to open your heart up, ready to have a relationship with God, ready to experience Him, then with every head bowed, we're going to pray this prayer out loud with you. Just pray with us. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Save me. Put my name in your book. Let me experience your love, your grace, your mercy. You died for me. Now I will live for you. Use me with real problems to show people your real love in Jesus name and all God's people said come on somebody give him praise would you
Wow. Wow. Now, at all of our campuses, we love you guys. If you just prayed that prayer with me, if you'll take the communication card in front of you, online, if you'll click right there, go to the chat room. People are waiting to just pray with you and love on you. God behind bars, there are people there, volunteers that come every week because they love God and they love you. And they'd love to talk with you after this service. But the rest of us, you'll take the communication card and just put your name, uh, your, your email, your cell phone. Just check the box. I prayed with the pastor or I need to be baptized. And in a few minutes, you can put that in the offering box. If you're a guest, that's all we'd ask. You put, the, you put that in there. If you, the, the guest card. If you have never been to Next Steps and found out what, you know, what our next steps are and what, how to be more involved, sign up for that. It's the second Sunday. It's the second weekend at every campus. And so if you just fill that out and put that in the offering, offering box. Campus pastors, you guys get ready to come up. I'm about to turn it over to you for our generosity part, our portion of the worship. Next weekend, we'll be taking the Lord's Supper together. We'll be praying for people and we'll be bringing our offerings. It'll be an incredible weekend. Now, some of you say, well, I can't come, Pastor, because I don't have anything to give. You just bring yourself and you put yourself on the altar and say, God, you can have me. Next year, I'll be ready. This year, I didn't know. Next year, 53 weeks, I'll be ready. And so don't, don't, don't not come because, well, I don't, listen, don't not come. Come and give God you. Matter of fact, there's nothing God wants more than you. And we love you. And you say, Chris, I'm full of problems. I got all kind of stuff. Jesus came because of your problems. And we're here for you. So campus pastors, we love you. Give the campus pastors a hand at every campus. We love you guys. We'll see you all next weekend.